And welcome to the Shooting Bench, the most radical, right-wing, conservative, no-holds-barred, information-packed, freedom-loving, firearms information program on talk radio. And welcome to the Shooting Bench. It's the 11th of May. It's a Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. We had, um, we were pretty busy with um, doing numerous things. We had, uh, took a trip to New Mexico. We went through, let me tell you while we're on that subject, I forgot about that. We went through Gallup, New Mexico. As you all know, we talked about that the other day. Gallup is shut down. And for those of you that follow me on Facebook, you've seen the uh, numerous pictures I put on there showing Gallup as being closed. There's actually a message board on the, uh, well, on both, both ends of town that says City of Gallup closed. There's another one, big message board, you know, the ones that go across the highway up on, uh, uh, up on the big poles that go across the center of the highway. And it says, follow the rules. And on both ends of town, there's a very colorful billboard that says, Gallup, New Mexico, the most patriotic small town in America. Well, that's debatable. Not, not so sure about that. But there was uh, the state police, National Guard, concrete barriers on the overpass. I mean, I cannot believe the amount of money that they spent on this. It was crazy. There's message, electronic message boards everywhere, uh, flashing different, different signs, different closing signs and whatever. And, uh, state police all over, you know, there was, uh, 
Oh, just real quickly, the ones that were on duty while we, uh, when we drove through there, probably, let's see, one, two, three, four, probably, I mean, some of them just had concrete barriers and just no way to get across there, but other ones where they had uh, people to get off the interstate and had to go, you know, just to get out of town. Uh, probably either five or six. I think there were six different checkpoints. And uh, there were, one of them, there was probably 12 to 15 cops there, state police, state and city. And, but the, the least manned one there was six cops. That was where you turn off and go north to Farmington out of Gallup. And, um, I couldn't believe it. I absolutely couldn't believe it. I mean, the, the the town, I've never seen a city closed except Berlin. And there's similar things going on here. But uh, no, no way to get off. Can't get gas. Can't go to the bathroom. Can't go shopping. Can't do anything. The uh, As I said the other day, the uh, the Native Americans off of the Navajo Reservation, well, Navajo Reservation, also the Zuni Reservation to the south of uh, uh, of Gallup. I see there's Zuni and there's another one out there. Um, oh, shoot, I can't think of it. Anyway, there's there's two small reservations south of Gallup and then the Navajo Reservation, the largest Indian reservation in the world is to the north and west actually in a little bit to the, to the east of Gallup and those people cannot go in and get water food anything else that they need they're they're locked out uh, some of you may have heard me talk once about Karen Bedoni Karen Bedoni is a uh, Native American lady that is running for um, I forgot what the congressional district is um, or the legislative district Anyway, she's running for representative. She's out of Farmington, and uh, we had the opportunity to meet her night before last. And uh, great lady, very knowledgeable, very articulate, intelligent, and uh, hopefully she's got a um, a good chance of being successful in her her run there. We we need uh, conservative Native Americans in there desperately. So anyway, we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you updated on that. But um, this thing in Gallup, and if I'm not mistaken, they've just the, the, the at the request of the mayor, they just extended this, I believe, for another three weeks in Gallup. Now I don't know. I don't know how they're going to stand this for another three weeks. Um, things are, are looking pretty grim already over there. And, uh, just like so many other places around the country, people losing jobs, losing homes, losing cars, uh, you know, everything due to this retarded virus protection stuff here. So we'll see what happens. And uh, we're going to talk about another another consequence of this that could be going on that uh, may or may not be directly related to it, but uh, we're going to talk about it nevertheless. 
in just a few minutes. I've got several other things here we need to go over before we do that. And uh, I guess, let's see, let's do here. I'm trying to pick some kind of order here. I have, there's a method to my madness here. You have a Pike County here in Arizona at a regular meeting of the uh, Board of Supervisors over there just, uh, what, five days ago. They voted to extend the county's emergency declaration for another 60 days. 60 days, two more months. This declaration goes to July 5th, can be canceled anytime if the board members feel that the COVID-19 crisis has ended. So the, the board members that that uh, cannot make laws by themselves have taken it upon themselves to close the, the, the county or not. There's a lot of restrictions. Um, so according to this declaration, while the state of Arizona is under emergency declaration, this allows the county to receive state and federal funding. That's why they're doing it. That's why there's so many COVID-19 cases um, showing up around here because of all the extra funding they're getting. So this allows the county to receive state and federal funding to cover up any additional to cover any additional expenses related to the fighting of this. So, so Gallup's going to get extra money for all the manpower that they put out and all the inconvenience and all the, you know, the concrete barriers and signs and heavy equipment and, and all the stuff Gallup gets paid for all this. So that's what's happened. I'm very disappointed in some of these, some of these places here in Arizona. I'm disappointed in Arizona, period. From, uh, Comrade Ducey, our, our wannabe, our, our rhino, re, uh, governor and uh, quite a number of others in this state that I'm not happy with. So let's see, there's, um, oh, great. Here in Kentucky, they're putting ankle monitors on coronavirus patients that ignore self-isolation orders. If you don't, if you... If you uh, have been confirmed that you have this and you uh, ignoring your your quarantine orders, they're putting ankle bracelets on there so they can track you and make sure you stay home. They've ordered several already to wear these GPS ankle monitors. Uh, Judges have ordered anyone that's tested positive or suspect or or suspected of having the virus to self-isolate and those who ignore this are placed on house arrest. So this is, uh, it's going nuts, completely crazy all over the country. I shouldn't say all over the country. It was North, what is it? North or South Dakota. I can't remember which where the governor there did absolutely nothing. Just another, just another day, just another month, just another, you know, walk in the park. They did absolutely nothing. And uh, 
and nothing has happened. It, it's just, it's, it's completely normal there as it should be, as we would expect it to be. So there's, um, and well, I'll hit on that in just a minute. I'll hit on that in just a minute. So this one would be next in line here, Spokane County, Washington. There's a team. Now there's going to be more of this and they can be doing this from smartphones, um, and, and numerous other electronic devices. There's a team of 25 contact tracers ready to go in, in Spokane County. These, um, contact tracers are, uh, they're going to be the ones that will tell you to self-isolate unless you need emergency care. It doesn't even say that they're cops or, or whatever, but this is, according to Governor Inslee, this, this moment may be the most important thing in our state. That means no trips to the grocery store, no trips to the other, you know, to the families, homes, you know, relatives, uh, volunteer, a volunteer. These kind of volunteers, you know what, then you know what these guys do, right? Volunteer would then check in on you every day for 14 days to see how you're doing. Uh, this, this is absurd. Said they'll also reach out to everyone you've been in close contact with. So that's anyone you've been within six feet of or more for more than 10 minutes. Or within six feet of for more than 10 minutes. What's that? They will not reveal your identity to those close contacts. Well, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do this. Uh, I, I know it'd be, um, I know it'd be easy to find some by saying, uh, okay, it looks like he went to the barber shop on this day. So we need to go talk to the barber. Uh, he'll be isolated. Uh, any customers that he can remember being there that day. Um, you know, they went to the, went to the grocery store. They went to the, to the vet to get their dog checked out. You know, uh, they went to the park because they're going to track all this through cell phone. And then they're going to take the liberty of telling you what you can and can't do after that for 14 days and where you can go and, and, uh, everything else. So they said this is going to be a little tricky for families because if one person of the house tests positive, the whole family has to stay home. So these, these, this is part of the, the, the state or county government here that is telling entire families that they cannot leave their home because they think you may have been infected. Says our success in this endeavor, our ability to obtain or to avoid this pain again to a large degree is going to depend on those families' success. So they're laying the blame and all the, uh, everything on, on the families here saying you do what you're told and we won't have to, uh, sound like a blanket party in the, in the military, doesn't it? Said if uh, one guy gets out of line and everybody gets extra duty, everybody's up all night mopping floors and cleaning stuff and polishing brass and and uh, all of that because of one guy. Well, the one guy pretty soon gets his butt tore up, you know, in the middle of the night in a blanket party, 
and then everything gets back to normal. And that's kind of what Governor Inslee is doing here to, uh, well, this was to, oh, it says to Spokane County. So I don't know why, why Spokane County. I don't know why they singled out Gallup other than the fact that it's a, a gateway city, you know, with the Indian reservations on both sides, the interstate running through it and right on the state line. Uh, maybe that's, uh, for similar reasons. Maybe that's why they're doing it for Spokane County. It says half of these contact tracers are health district employees. The other half are volunteers brought in from local medical schools. Um, people are also concerned about being taken to a state facility to isolate, but that is not the case. And of course they could be concerned about that. And once they have everyone locked in their homes, what keeps them from doing it later? We're going to talk about that some more in a minute. I'll hold that thought. We're going to spend some more time with that in just a minute. Let me go and check something here. Okay. We probably, I'm not sure this is going to be a full length show. As I told you um, the other day, uh, we're going to have to relocate here before too long. Long story behind that. But, uh, we're going to uh, check out some relocation locations yeah. here locally. I'll uh, let you in, fill you in more on that as uh, as we learn more about it. So now with this comes with, with all of this stuff that's happening comes. Uh, uh, well, not, not feedback. What should I say? Kickback. Kickback. People are, people are tired. People have grown weary of this. Remember the, um, um, I think we talked about the, the skate park in California the other day where they dumped sand, 37 tons of sand or something like that in this skate park to keep skateboarders out of there. Well, what the skateboarders do, they went home and got their dirt bikes and come back and raced in the sand. And I, I cannot imagine how pissed off the city was for that. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when they got news that this was happening. So these guys have taken a bad situation and, uh, turned it around and, and, uh, made a, made a fun deal out of it. Well, do you remember the, uh, matter of fact, it's probably about time to do that again here one of these days. Remember the thing, I think I've only done it, I know I've done it once, possibly twice in the last several years. And that is the story about the window war. You remember that? Well, this story here out of Pittsburgh, very similar to that. They did the same thing. They went and dumped a bunch of sand on the skate park. And what happened immediately after that was that the uh, revolving door into the city hall, someone came and piled a pile of sand inside one of the little, uh, little compartments in the revolving door. You know, you walk in, you're in your own little compartment, walk out the other side. So they piled a bunch of sand in there and it didn't, uh, the door didn't work properly. That was a message. 
just like there was a message in um, a little town in New Mexico where they threw the brick through the window. And then other people threw bricks through windows. And then other people threw bricks through windows. And it got to be a pretty big deal. Have you read Unintended Consequences? Might not hurt to read that again if you haven't read it. Very, very important book. Unintended Consequences by John Ross. One of the better books that you'll read. Here in Arizona, there's a little uh, um, little restaurant over in... Um, the heck is the name of that town? What's the name of that town over there? Wickenburg. Wickenburg, Arizona. In Wickenburg, there's a little restaurant there, and those people said, you remember... You heard about the uh, um, the lady in Dallas. We talked about that. Had the salon, and uh, they they threw her in jail seven days. And the uh, I guess the you know the attorney general, Supreme Court, everybody got involved. Anyway, she got uh, she got released. And may, has made nearly a half million dollars in on a GoFundMe account. Who people who were supporting her, and uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So anyway, there was a uh, the little restaurant in Arizona in, in Wickenburg said, you know what, I I can't do this anymore. I have to go back to work. So she opened up, and my lord, you should have seen the amount of people that come in there and, and support her. Motorcycles lined up for days and uh, they they did a, a very very brisk business and of course uh they're breaking no laws other than uh laws that that king Ducey put put out uh you know no no lawful form of of you know she wasn't doing anything wasn't breaking any other laws there put it that way and uh, from what I understand, as a matter of fact, we had somebody here in our home last night that um, knows the lady uh, or knows the knows the person. The lady is a grandmother of whatever. I'm not sure what it was. But at any rate, um, there's another one in. Let's see, where was that? I just had it up here. Hold on just a second, right? No, that's not it. That's not it, and that's not it. Almost there. Let's check this one here. If not, I may have to go to my phone and find it. Um, all right, quite naturally. And all these ads coming up, and you have to subscribe to it. But anyway, there's a uh, restaurant in Castle Rock, Colorado. Now, Castle Rock sounds familiar to you. Uh, anyway, this little restaurant reopened on Mother's Day in defiance of this statewide public health order. You should see the picture. Look up. Let's do, all you gotta do is put Castle Rock Restaurant, 
and see the number of people. It is packed, packed with people. And um, the reason Castle Rock may sound familiar to you is because a very famous Supreme Court ruling, um, Castle Rock versus Gonzales, 1990, what was it, 1996, maybe, something like that, I don't remember, where the Supreme Court ruled that cops did not have an obligation to protect people. They're basically there to take reports, clean up the mess, and arrest anybody that's still hanging around. But uh, there was someone that had uh, uh, someone that had a restraining or a lady had a restraining order against a guy, and the guy wound up killing her or injuring her real bad, and and I think he killed her. And I believe it was her parents that tried to sue the police, the local police, for not enforcing this um what, what was it? I just got through saying it damn order anyway and uh during all this the supreme court ruled that the uh the police have no legal obligation to protect you you cannot sue them even though they could have should have might have protected you and had the opportunity to and chose not to, you cannot sue them because of this ruling. Uh, I expect to hear more about that uh, one of these days. All right, let me, let me look and see where we're at here. How about I do a little quick break here? We had a kind of a short intro too because I'm trying to get as much information in here as I can before I need to go, which is not going to be very long from now. So stand by for a short break and then I'll be back. I'll be back. It's too disturbing 
for you and me. It'll just breed anger. That's what the experts say. It was up to me. I'd show it every day. Some say this country is just out of looking for a fight. After nine eleven, man, I. But we have to stop looking for salvation in, in this system. The system is not going to fix itself. If the system is restored, it will be restored with the hammer of patriotism smacking this system out between the anvil of freedom and teaching this system that there is a shape we want it to maintain and that we have the forge of rage, and we will put that system in that forge of rage, and we will use that hammer of liberty and pound it against the anvil of freedom until it returns to the shape we want it to be in. Welcome back to another segment of the Shooting Bench, right here on the Survival Circle Radio Network. Okay, we're back. I gotta, I gotta finish this up here. Uh, let me see. There we, here we go. Okay, in Maryland, this is unrelated to what we've been talking about so far. But the uh, governor there has vetoed a... They were trying to make it where you to transfer long guns, private long gun transfers, private sales 
trying to get a, uh, a ban on that, on private long gun transfers. And luckily the governor vetoed that. So that's a good thing. A lot of good things going on with all the other stuff that's happening. There's a lot of, of, uh, things worthy of mention here. Uh, this bill, the, the, this, uh, private transfer bill was, was pretty bad. And those found guilty of doing this faced as much as six months in jail and $10,000 fine. So, and, 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 you know, I don't know how, really pro-gun or good that the governor is uh he probably vetoed this because it was so draconian but um it uh, nevertheless he did so they'll have to they'll have to tone it down and try again next session i guess and before i do the other thing that i talked about just a little quick thing here worthy of mention Iran, out on a training mission, hit one of their own ships with a missile, killed at least 19 sailors, 19 Iranian Navy personnel, uh, 15 more injured. And uh, I don't know what the um, what the exact cause of this was, whether it was uh, a bad, you know, sighting system or runaway missile or I don't know what it was, drunk, drunk missile launcher. I don't know, but anyway, they hit one of their own boats and and uh, looks like they sunk it and uh, killed a bunch of people. Oh well, guess that's uh, things happen. Okay, now remember when? Uh, what was it? Uh, it may have been last Monday, probably. When we talked about, I actually I've talked about it a couple of times about a food shortage. There's going to be a food shortage. Uh, we're, we're seeing already, and uh, some of this is, uh, I could say it's it's all a result of, at least appearance-wise, a result of the virus. It may go deeper than that. You know, we've heard stories of of killing, you know, thousands upon thousands of pigs, millions upon millions of chickens, pouring out hundreds of thousands of gallons of milk, meat. Uh, we've seen meat here, right here in Sholo. Uh, meat shelves virtually empty. You know, five, six, ten packages of meat left where there's normally three or four hundred or more and uh, so you know I knew there was going to be a shortage now what's concerning about this whole thing now when you know we look at the the cause of this scare of this pandemic okay we know there's a virus uh, like I've said before it doesn't matter where it came from doesn't matter who started it none of that matters what matters is the reason that they are using this in the manner that they're using it. Whether it was intended to be a weaponized virus or not doesn't matter. It is now. They are uh, all of the you know, gas prices are, are plummeting. Gas finally got down to a dollar ninety nine here. 
when we went to Gallup the other day, right outside about halfway between here and Gallup, a little town called Sanders, it was a dollar seventy nine. It was a dollar sixty nine at uh, one of the truck stops over there, and uh, we haven't seen prices like that since when? Hell, I, I don't even remember when they were that low. It's been a long time. What, fifteen years maybe? I don't remember being this low for since I've had the pickup that I have now. They haven't been this low, and I've had it since two thousand and nine. So sometime before that, I don't even remember. But uh, at any rate, um, some of the, the consequences of this could have possibly get your, get your tinfoil hat situated just properly, just right, and uh, think about this a little bit. But back in 1932, 33, actually all the way up into 34, there was something in the Ukraine called Holodomor. Two different pronunciations of that, but that's the one we're going to use for now. Holodomor was a man-made famine. This man-made famine, it's a long story, a long, very interesting story how all this came about. But this man-made famine was ultimately responsible for the extermination of millions of Ukrainians. They were found, there, there's pictures and there's no videos, I don't guess, but there's pictures out there of people walking down the streets, walking by dead bodies, starved to death on the sidewalks from this famine. This was an intentional, matter of fact, the very name of it, Holodomor. Uh, there, there's an additional O put in the, in the uh, name of it, but Holod or Holod means hunger and more, M-O-R, means extermination. So the O they put in the middle of those two words, for whatever reason, Holodomor is a um, a contraction, I guess, of these, these uh, I don't know what you call it, but anyway, two words mean hunger extermination. Horrible thing that, uh, this was, this was Stalin's brainchild. This was back when he, uh, talking about the collective he collectivized agriculture there and, and during that time there were teams of people that were belonged to the communist party agitators that forced the prep peasants kind of like what they're doing in south africa forcing the peasants to give up their land their personal property um, houses sometimes and give it up to the collective farms and these collective farms were supposed to feed everybody. The, uh, they also departed, deported some of the ones that were richer than the rest of them, still called them peasants, but they were, you know, better off than other ones. And as well as anyone that resisted this, they hauled them away. In, um, of course there was, there was some rebellions that went on here, little, little various uh, 
scattered out areas of, of revolt there. And, it, you know, it probably would have went much better, but these peasants, for the most part, had already been disarmed. Not all of them, but a good many of them. And, but then Stalin was worried about this. And so, anyway, it all ended up resulting in, 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 in the, the Russian Civil War. So, there was, uh, the result of this campaign of his in, in, in 1933, the death rates really started going up between 31 and 34. Five million people died of starvation all across the USSR, with the former USSR. And uh, according to a study that was done by some Ukrainian demographers, at least 3.9 million of those people were Ukrainians. The police said that there were multiple descriptions of instances of cannibalism, as well as typical other crime, you know, theft and lynching and burglaries and whatever. Mass graves. Um, they said that uh, some of the people were able to survive thanks to some ration cards they had, like we had back in World War II. But um, they said in the largest cities that corpses could be seen laying on the street. So I want you to think about this. <clears throat> Why is it that this always happens to somebody else? Right now, things are happening here that have never happened in the history of the United States. Never have we quarantined well people, people that were not sick, people that had no symptoms, simply just quarantined them because they, just because, just because they were people and they needed to be quarantined. Never before has that ever happened in this country. It's happened in other countries. But here it is now in the United States of America. A number of things are happening, and it happened quickly. They brought this on uh, literally overnight. This was not the slow, painful uh, taking of our, our rights as it has been for the last many years. This all happened in a month. And it's progressively gotten worse after that first month. And while there is talk of things getting better, it's not real noticeable just yet. So for those of you that have drugged your feet, and I said this to you the other day, I'm going to say it again, I may say it again some other time. If you've been dragging your feet about putting back some food storage, you better hurry up and get it done. Prices, we, we looked, we went and got groceries, uh, you know, four or five days ago and numerous things in their prices have already gone up. Prices are going to get to a point where the average person out there is not going to be able to afford it. You're going to have to eat things that you haven't been used to eating. So uh, I don't I don't know what else to tell you, but it's it's happening 
now. It's not going to happen. It's happening as we spreken at this moment. These things are, are taking place now. Is there going to be uh, hunger extermination? It's doubtful, but it's something to think about. Somewhere in between the normalcy that we enjoy and that hunger extermination, somewhere in, in between there is something that I suspect we may have to look forward to. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with that happy thought there. I can't guarantee there's so many things going on. Uh, I don't know what's going to be happening for uh, uh, Wednesday coming up. I had every intention of doing a show last Wednesday and we wound up doing um, other stuff and didn't get in here until way late. And so it didn't happen, but let's see. Hang on just a minute here. There we go. So anyway, um, I I have a hard time keeping promises here with this, uh, trying to keep the show going. But uh, the only thing I can promise you is I will continue to try as hard as I can to do a show as often as I can. And uh, if I can ever have the time to sit down and completely go through all of this um, software stuff and figure out why I haven't been able to go live, if I'm ever able to again without, you know, I don't know. If I am able to again, I will as often as I can. Let's put it that way. So anyway, I'm going to leave you with that happy hunger extermination thought there. And uh, I'm going to get on out of here and we will see you again hopefully Wednesday. If not Wednesday, we will definitely have a, uh, a fresh new good show for you on Friday. That I so far have been able to do pretty well. That is our Liberty Lounge is kind of our uh, flagship deal. I guess the shooting bench is the flagship show here. But the Liberty Lounge was such a, a remarkable success back in 2013 that uh, we've kept it as um, the main music show left. And and uh, the other music shows, you know, they're, they're, as I've told you a couple of times, we're still doing those. They're just not being put in the archives because I want people to come to the survival circle and get information. So that's why we're doing that. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here and uh, I'll see you as soon as I can see you. Good night. Well, that wraps up another edition of The Shooting Bench. Join me Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific, and again on Fridays from 7 to 10 for The Shooting Bench. Good night, and thanks for joining me. No reconciliation. No, let's talk it over number I can call. Goodbye says it all.